All right, Jamosai, good evening, good evening, Baruch Hashem. Welcome to Maseches Brachas. Daf Dalud Amud Beis 4B is our daf tonight. We are picking up Emirat Hashem, uh, two, four, six, seven lines up from us. Most of you remember, again, the Gemara ended off, we, uh, we ended off yesterday, seven lines up on 4A. We ended off yesterday, last night, with an interesting discussion about David HaMelech. So the Gemara said that David HaMelech really think of himself as a... As a as a chassid, as someone who's pious. So essentially what came out was like this. David HaMelech essentially said as follows. He says, I know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has great reward for the righteous waiting. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of that even if right now I have attained a certain level of personal piety, Shema Yigro Machit. That was the phrase. Shema Yigro Machit. Perhaps, perhaps I will end up sinning. The concept of Shema Yigro Machit represents the idea that even if, as I mentioned last night, even though a person has attained a certain level of spiritual standing, there's a recognition that in life all it takes is one mistake, one misstep, one wrong decision, and suddenly I've lost everything. I've lost the entire standing. So we'll say the Pasuk says, Hashem says to Yaakov Avinu, I will be with you. And it will guard you everywhere you go. Ksiv, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od. And then yet, when Yaakov Avinu encounters Esav, the Torah says that Yaakov Avinu is very fearful. So what is the Gemara bothered by? What is bothered by like this? Here, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you that I'm going to be with you no matter what, you could take that to the bank, right? In other words, that, that's, that's a pretty good guarantee. If you have that guarantee, so why do you need to be afraid when encountering Esav? And the answer is, Yaakov was afraid that as much as I have that divine promise, perhaps since that promise was made, I've sinned. As a result of that sin, I've lost my spiritual standing. So what does the passage mean? Until your nation passes through. This refers to the first entry of into Eretz Yisrael under the leadership of Yoshua. This refers to the re-entry of the land under Ezra to rebuild the second temple. From bless you. From here we see In reality, the re-entry into the land under Ezra should have actually been as miraculous as it was under the leadership of Yoshua. I so what happened? Ella Shegaram Hachit. But rather, people had sinned. So because the people sinned, ultimately again they did not warrant or they did not merit the same level of divine intervention and protection. It was an incredible, incredible idea. This is why the Mishnah of Ava says, Al-Tamin ba'atzmucha Do not believe in yourself until the day that you die. Now, we'll say, now, what is the Gemara is not telling me not to believe in myself, everybody has to believe in themselves. What the Gemara is saying is, never think that you are beyond temptation. And never think that you are beyond the ability to commit any type of error. And I will say, you know how like sometimes you hear a person say, like, I would never do that of era. Right? I will say, give a person enough opportunity, and sometimes like enough alcohol, right? And, and, and they'll go ahead and they'll do anything. They'll do anything. In other words, a person should never think that they're beyond a certain temptation. If a Torah forbids it, it means somewhere inside of me, there is some type of desire for this. That's Kashimigokhait. A person should always, again, give yourself a shkayach for your accomplishments, but at the same time, be exceptionally vigilant lest you fail. The Chachamim again, the Mishnah said, the Chachamim say that you could say Kriyashma up until midnight. So asks the Gemara, Chachamim Keman Svirlahu. So we'll say, so remember again, in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, we have three opinions, right? The first opinion of the Tanakhama, first opinion of the Tanakhama is that you can go ahead and say Shema 
up until up until Ashmora Harishona. Right? Rabbi Leah says until the end of the first watch. Techacham say until Chatzos, and Rabbi Gamliel says until dawn. Until dawn. So I will say, so here's what's interesting. The Gemara says, according to Chacham, Chacham says, you can say Shema until midnight. Chachamim keman sviralu. Who do the Chachamim hold like? Ik Rabbi Eliezer sviralu, lemrak Rabbi Eliezer. If they'll like Rabbi Eliezer, say like Rabbi Eliezer. We'll find it just in a moment. Amid days. Ve'ik Rabbi Gamliel sviralu, lemrak Rabbi Eliezer. So I'll say, let me tell you this outside. This is actually fascinating. We didn't go into this in the Mishnah, so let's go into it now. What is the nature of the Machlokas in terms of the end time of Shema? So watch this. Remember again, when the Torah speaks at nighttime Shema, right? How does the Torah phrase the obligation to recite Shema at night? B'shach Becha, when you go to sleep. Here's the Shailah. Does B'shach Becha mean that you say nighttime Shema at a time when people go to sleep? Or you could say Shema during the entire time that people are sleeping. So Rabbi Eliezer, the first opinion of the Mishnah says, B'shach B'cha means nighttime Shema should be said at the time when people are going to sleep. When do people go to sleep? Anytime essentially from nightfall until when? Sofa Hashmora Harishon, the end of the first watch. Right? That's the time that people, that's the range people go to sleep. On the other hand, Rabbi Gamil holds that B'shach B'cha means you could say Shema the entire time that people are sleeping. When are people sleeping until? They're sleeping from Tzisak O'chav in nightfall. And when are they getting up? When are they getting up? Dawn, dawn. So those two positions make sense. The shayla is, the shayla is um, the chachamim. The chachamim say, oh, you can say shema until midnight. So who are they aligning with? So asks the Gemara, so the good, so the Gemara, so the olam, second line, that 4b, second line. The olam, in reality, they hold the Rebbe And therefore, we'll say in reality, the chachamim hold that really you could say shema up until dawn. I said, then why do they only say until midnight? We saw this already in the Mishnah. In order to distance a person from sin. Most of us, if we know we have X amount of time to perform a given task, when will we do it? When will we do it? At the end of given said time, right? So therefore, again, so human nature is human nature. So what did Rabbi Gamliel do? So Rabbi Gamliel says, you know what? I'm sorry. So what did Rabbi Gamliel say? In reality, we hold like Rabbi Gamliel. That really you could say Shema up until dawn. But in order to ensure that people don't procrastinate and end up potentially missing the time for Shema, we say you can really only say Shema until when? Until midnight. Until midnight, I asked the Marquis de Sanyo. Marquis de listen to this. Chum made a protective fence around their words. Listen to this. But says, great. Listen to this. Imagine a person comes home from work, comes home from the field. So what does he say to himself? Here's, here's my plan for the evening. I'm going to go home a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and eat a little bit. Drink a little bit. And we'll say, you're going to make that mistake, which it's done, right? If you make this mistake, you're, you're done for the night. I'm just going to close my eyes for a few minutes on the couch, right? I just, I don't want to go, I just, just a little refresher. I just want to close my eyes for a few minutes. So I'll say, what happens? Then after, I just need a little refresher, a little recharge. After I get up, then I'm going to say Shema and I'm going to dive in my riff. We'll say, what happens? It's incredible, by the way, how certain things do not change. Amazingly enough, you don't get up from the couch. And it turns out you sleep the whole night and you end up missing my riff. And then missing Ma'ariv. So what did Chazal say about Adam Bamin Asada Ba'erev? Nichnas Levay says, we'll say, what's the ideal way to come home? This is actually very beautiful. The ideal way to come home is you come home from work. Before you even go to your house, 
you go to shul. Imragal likros kare. Learn a little bit. If you know how to do chumash, learn chumash. Then imragal lishno shona. If you know mishnah, learn mishnah. And I will say then once. So before you even go home, learn a little bit of time in shul. Then daven ma'ariv kari kriyashma umispalal, and then daven, and then go home va'ochal pito umivarech, and then go ahead, go home, eat dinner, relax. But you know that, so to speak, you you have taken care. Of your obligations, and whoever violates the words of the chacham chayiv misa is liable to death. Shabbos says. So before we get to the viable to death part, Shabbos say that that's the, that's the logic over here, right? So the chacham say up until chatzos. So they don't really mean up until chatzos. They really actually mean you can say shema up until dawn. What they're trying to do is trying to get me to avoid procrastination because if I procrastinate, just chances are I'm going to miss the opportunity for shema, miss the opportunity for ma'ariv. Shabbos say it's actually quite beautiful the way that. The way that Chazal seem to like have this idea, like envision our home life, right? They say so. The idea is when you come home from work, before you come home from work, daven, learn a little bit, and then you go home. And then what happens once you're home? You can be home. You could be home, right? And again, I just also want to point out they're also operating from a perspective that the shuls we're going to learn about this were in more isolated areas. As such, you wouldn't really venture there at night. It would have been a little bit dangerous. So the idea is when you're coming back from work, there's still light. Go to shul, learn a little bit, dive in myriv, and then go home afterwards. Incredible. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. So I understand. So anywhere else where there's a discussion of rabbinic law, the Gemara never says, and if you violate rabbinic law, you're liable to death. Yet here by Kriyashma, if you miss Kriyashma, you're liable to death. What's the Pshat? To which the Gemara says, We'll say here it's different at night. What's unique about nighttime? What's unique about nighttime is the pull of sleep. Sleep is a very hard thing to resist. So because at night when I come from work, I'm tired and I'm fighting against sleep, so Chazal had to add like some teeth to their statement. So they said, make sure you go ahead and you dive in Shema before you eat, before you lay down on the couch. And if you don't, you chayiv misa. So it doesn't literally mean to say that God forbid you're chayiv misa, but they're trying to express a point that if you don't follow our advice, you're going to end up schlofing through life, or at least through the evening. The other possibility is we'll say is we're going to talk about this later on in the fourth chapter, but there is a discussion: is myrif an obligatory tefillah or an optional tefillah? So, in or, so we're going to pass. So the gemara is going to discuss this, and again, the gemara says we use such forceful lashon over here in order to dispel the opinion that says that myrif is optional. Okay, beautiful. Let's go right there. Says the Gemara. Supposedly, so bottom line, by the way, it turns out that in the, just the structure of the Mishnah, so it turns out that in the Mishnah, there are really only two real opinions as to the end time of Shema. Rabbi Eliezer, who holds at Sof HaShmorah, until the end of the first watch, and his logic is Bishach Becha, means the time that people go to sleep. And then really you have Rabbi Gamil and the Chachamim who are really saying the same thing. That ideally you have up until dawn, the Chum just say Chatzos, midnight, in order that a person shouldn't procrastinate. Good. Amar Kori Kriyashma Mispalel. We both say at night by Ma'ariv, a person first says Shema and then Davin Shmona Esrei. That's Ma'ariv. You say Shema first and then Davin Shmona Esrei. Meseyel Rabbi Yochanan. We both say this is the part of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan. This is beautiful. Ezuhu Bena Olam Habo. Rabbi say who is a person who has a merit in the world to come? Who is that? Zasomich Guula Litfila Shal Shachris. I both say this is a person who juxtaposes the brach of Gaal Yisrael to Shmona Esrei. So if you remember again, when you get to the end of Shema, you get to the end of Shema, so there is a brach of Gaal Yisrael, 
Right, we speak about Hashbarhu that he redeemed the Jewish people from Egypt, and then we go right into Shmona Esrei. The Gemara says it is very meritorious to juxtapose that bracha to Shmona Esrei, which is one of the reasons why we tried to say that bracha of Gal Yisrael with the Chazan. Why? Why we want to avoid having to say Amen? Because Amen could be technically like a half second, like an interruption. I want to say that bracha leading right into Shmona Esrei. We'll say, what's the logic behind that? The bracha of Gaal Yisrael is a bracha that thanks Hashem for redeeming us from Egypt. What's Shmona Esrei in its essence? Shmona Esrei in its essence is asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all of my requests and all of my needs. So the way that I bolster my belief that Hashem could fulfill all of my needs is by referencing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for me in the past. So Gaal Yisrael, Hashem took care of me in Egypt. He redeemed us from Egypt. Look what he did historically. I believe he could help me contemporarily now as well. Yeah. Contemporarily now as well, right? That that's that's the idea. That's somech gula So the Gemara says a person who does this is a ben olam haba. Ben olam haba literally has a portion of the world to come. We'll talk about that more in depth in just a moment. Rabbi Shmuel Levi Omer. Rabbi Shmuel Levi disagrees. He says, he says tefilas beemsa tiknum. Rabbi Shmuel Levi says about that it's not how it works. Actually, the way it works is like this: in Shachris, you dive in Shema and then Shmona Esrei, then Mincha you have another Shmona Esrei. And in Mayriv, he posits, you daven Shmona Esrei, and then Shema afterwards. Shema are like the bookends for your day. You have Shema in the morning, Shema in the evening, and in the middle of those bookends, you have Shmona Esrei. So, what are they arguing about? It could be they're arguing about a Pasuk, or the other Pasuk is they're arguing about logic. So, if you want to say they're arguing about logic, Rabbi Yochanan holds that there was also Geula at night, in other words, redemption for emancipation from Egypt, although it didn't really take place until the daytime, it began at night. So therefore, even at night, you should have smichas Geula L'Tfili. You should juxtapose the Rachav Gal Yisrael to Shimon Esrei, right? Rabbi Shobam Levi says, to Lohavya on the other hand, holds No, it was only the real gula took place by day. There was no gula at night, and therefore at night there's no need to juxtapose the bracha of Gal Yisrael to Shmona Esrei. Fine. The other pasuk is arguing on a pasuk. They both dash in the same pasuk. The siv the Torah says, for Shema, you say Shema, when you lay down and when you get up. Rabbi Yochanan says, the Torah is equating going to sleep with getting up. Just when you get up in the morning, first you say Shema, and then you say Shema, right? So too, when you go to sleep, it's Shema and then Tfilah. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, we are equating going to sleep with waking up. Just like when you get up, Shema is closer to your arising, right? You're getting up in the morning. So to when you go to sleep, Shema should be the thing that is closest to going to sleep. So therefore, Shema Nasri and then Shema. All right? Masid Mabrid Rabina. So Mabrid Rabina raised the Kasha. At night, by Mariv, we make two brachos before Shema, two brachos after Shema. Vi amrit lismoch. Now, if you hold that at night there is an obligation of smichas gula litfila to juxtapose the brach of Gaal Yisrael ultimately to Shmona Esrei, the problem is now I have an intervening brach of Hashkivenu. Hashkivenu. So there's no juxtaposition anymore. Ha lokas on a gula litfila. It's the habayla meimer Hashkivenu. 
So the Gemara says, Amri, Kevan de Takin Rabban Hashkiveno, Kigula Arichta Damia. I will say this is beautiful. Since the Brach of Hashkiveno was instituted by the rabbis, therefore again, and it was meant to come after the Brach of Gaal Yisrael, it is considered to be like a prolonged Bracha of Gula. A prolonged bracha, ultimately again of redemption, and therefore it is not considered to be an interruption. If you don't say this, shachris hates You run into the same problem in shachris. Remember again in shachris, everyone agrees that you have to juxtapose the bracha of Gal Yisrael to Shmona Esrei. Here is the problem. The Gemara says, Omer Hashem Omer I will say, before you dive in Shmon Esri in the morning, what do you say? Hashem Sefasai Tiftach. Right? That's an interruption. Literally, Hashem, so I that Hashem should open my lips. Right? Open my lips. Ufiyah Gita said, my mouth will say your praise. That's an interruption. That interrupts between Gal Yisrael and Shmon Esrei. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Allah Hasam, Kevan, Tetakinu, Rabbanu, Lameimah, Hashem Sefasai Tiftach. What's the answer? Since the rabbis themselves instituted the recitation of Hashem Safasai Teftach, it's considered to be an extension of the Bracha of Gaal Yisrael. So to again, I say, since the rabbis instituted Hashkivenu, it's considered to be an extension of the Bracha of Gaal Yisrael. I say, how do we paskin? So we paskin, first of all, again, you know how we paskin. We paskin again that the model is the same for the morning and the evening. Shema and then Shmona Esrei by Mariv and Shema, sorry by Shachris and Shema Shmona Esrei by Mariv and we paskin that ideally you should have Smichas Gul Tfila a juxtaposition of the Rach of Gal Yisrael to Shmona Esrei both in the morning and in the evening. I what about Hashem Sefasai Tiftach and Hashkivenu and in Chutzlars Baruch Hashem the Olam Amen Amen. Since the rabbis instituted that as well, it's considered to be an extension ultimately again of the Rach of Gal Yisrael. Incredible. Both say beautiful Gemara. Amar Rabbi Amar Rabbi Lazar Amar Rabbi Avin Amar Rabbi Avina. Kol Amar Tila David bechal yom shalosh pamim muftach lo shul ben alam haba. It's great Gemara. If you say Ashrei three times a day, you are promised to be you get the world to come. You're like, all right, done, done, right? So I say, so what? What does this mean? If you say Ashrei three times a day, you get alam haba. Really? That, that, that's all he's get alam haba. Ashrei three times a day. The Ritva comments on this Gemara and says what it means is like this: saying Ashrei three times a day. Along with living a life of other good deeds, Talmud Torah and everything else, adds to the probability of you having a beautiful portion in the world to come. In other words, the Gemara doesn't mean to say, the only thing I need to do is say Ashrei three times a day. It's saying Ashrei three times a day as part of a well-balanced spiritual diet will absolutely absolutely help you into the world to come. Incredible. So the Gemara says, my time, what's the reason? In other words, what's so special about Ashrei? Because Ashrei goes through the whole order of the Aleph base. Maybe it's like considered like a holistic tefillah. You could just as easily go ahead and say chapter 119 in Tehillim. Kofiotes, the longest capital in Tehillim, right? Remember, what does Kofiotes go through? The entire Aleph base. Entire Aleph base. So if that's what it's about, I will say now the truth is that would not be a very popular suggestion to say capital Kofiotes three times a day, right? That, that would uh, probably be a little bit uh, communally disastrous. But Lamaisa again, but if it's about the Aleph base, so Kofiotes is so much better. To which the Gemara says, the Asya betamni apin elimishum de ispe posech asya decho. Oh, no, because Asher Bosei has the phrase of Posech, Esedecho Masbiya Lechol Chayratzon. We literally say, Hashem, you open your hand and you sustain every living creature. I will say that statement by itself is one of the most profound theological statements. 
it highlights the belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sustains everything in this world. In fact, again, there's a beautiful custom that's brought down that when you say, one is supposed to open their hands. Must be to, to give physical form that Hashem sustains everything. Maybe, again, I will say, think about it. If you go through life with that belief, it fundamentally shapes everything. So maybe that's the reason Ashray is so important. Well, if that's the case, they will say, if that's the case, then say to him, 136. 136 has that same phrase. Hashem gives food to every, to every living thing. So you have to say Ashrei. Ashrei is unique. Why? Ashrei has both of these components. Number one, it goes through the entire Aleph base. Number two, it has the Pasuk of Poseach Es Yadecha. Therefore, if a person goes ahead and says Ashrei three times a day, in addition to doing other good things, that is a ticket to Olam Haba. Rabbi Yochanan, Nun Ba'ashrei. Now, this is actually interesting. We just got finished saying that Ashrei goes through the whole Aleph base. Only one problem with that, which is, it doesn't. It's missing the letter nun. It's missing the letter nun. Right? Malchus, malchus. And then again, Somech Hashem Lechal Anoflim. There's no nun. There's no nun. What happened to nun? Mipnei Shishma Mapalasan Shalsoni Yisrael. Because we will say the letter nun represents again the downfall of the sinners of the Jewish people. Dechsev, Nafla, Lososif Kumbesulas Yisrael. Literally, again, she has fallen down. The maiden of Israel will not get back up. The Ma'aravah metarzei hachi in Eretz Yisrael they they dash in this pasuk in the following way: Nafla for lo sosif linpol means she fell down, but she will not fall down again. Old kum besulas Yisrael the maiden of Israel will get back up. Interestingly enough, that's why we omit nun in Ashrei because nun represents this pasuk of nafla v'lo sosif kum she fell down and she won't get up anymore. We don't want to make reference to that in tefillah, and therefore, again, we leave out the nun in Ashrei. Incredible. And what's incredible is, as much as we leave out nun, because nun represents nafla, that Klal Yisrael has fallen down, what is David HaMelech saying? Samich, Somech Hashem L'chalanofim. Hashem supports all of those who have fallen down. So we'll leave out nun, because nun explicitly talks about falling down as a result of sin, but ultimately we'll have samich, and in samich ultimately we, we, we highlight the idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu always supports those who have fallen.